Welcome back to a new episode of Big Idea, Big Moves. And I'm Jamie Allison. And if you have listened before, you know we have a pretty eclectic collection of guests. We bring on people who are making moves in their areas of expertise and that we can hear actionable takeaways from from their experience and and they can pass on that learning to help us live better and work better. Um, Whether it's building resilience, we've talked about that in the past, building confidence um, or mindfulness in our every workday or every day life. Um, we talk to people with innovative ideas, experiences, and learnings. And, and that's the key for us is, is learnings, things that they've learned that they can pass on to us. And, and to me as the host, that's, that's the cool part about doing this part of the job as well. Um, our guests are people making a difference and that we can learn from as, as a group. Today, we're really lucky to have Chris McCarthy. He is the co-founder and COO at Fansaves. And they're a new product that's been getting a lot of startup support. Um, he and his partner have been out there really kind of building the brand, being able to get kind of that startup backing, um, but have been building the business at the same time. So, so um, we know that there are lots of startups in, in, out there right now. Um, and probably lots of people listening to this as well that um, uh, will benefit from kind of taking their learnings and being able to hear a little bit about what they've been doing. Um, But I I think the important part for us is being able to see um, what they've done in a pretty short period of time, but also how they've had to kind of change focus at times and and things like that. So I I think we're really in for a treat today to be able to hear some of those learnings from Chris. Um, And Chris, welcome to the show. We were talking about a really nice brisk fall day today. That's, uh, it's nice to have that at, at this time of year for sure. Typical morning up in Canada, eh? <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely it, and that's the the piece that's uh, that's interesting. I know you were saying that um, you're you're uh, uh, one of those fans of of kind of winter uh, up here in Canada, but you're you're going to have a chunk of time, I think, where you're in warm weather when we're kind of going through that that dead of winter stuff that uh, that you like, actually. Absolutely, I pride myself on being like a true blue Canadian and having been raised on a hockey culture, playing hockey all my life. Um, the winter is nothing new to me and I actually embrace it. I love to snowboard and play in the outdoor rink, so I'll bring it on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I gave a, a little bit of an intro about Fansafes. Didn't talk a lot about kind of how it works and everything. So why don't we why don't we start off and, and we'll leave that to you. Give us give us a little bit of an idea of what Fansaves is and how the concept works. Yeah, for sure. So we're a mobile app that gives fans discounts and deals uh, from the sponsors of their favorite teams. So two years ago, my co-founder Shannon and I uh, were managing the sales and marketing for two minor professional hockey teams. And out in the summertime, we were out selling sponsorship and we kept hearing from business owners the same thing over and over again. They didn't think like they were going to get enough out of their sponsorship. They didn't feel like they were getting enough out of their dollars uh, from traditional sports advertising like you know, signage that you'd see in an arena or uh, signage up on the scoreboard or even those coupons in the game day program. What they kept telling us was they wanted something digital, something that would allow them to track their return on investment and something that would allow them to collect customer data. But none of the options that we had in our sponsorship packages could satisfy that need. So one night, Shan and I were like frustrated after a long day of sales and we were talking and we said like, what can we do to actually engage our fans with our sponsors? And that's when we kind of had like our aha moment to create 
the the app and create fan saves. Yeah, and and how like uh, you've talked a little bit about kind of how it it came to you, but how did you start to you know build that concept out and maybe test the market a little bit to see if kind of what you were what you were planning was was going to hit with the market? Yeah, so it was really cool. Like I was working landscaping at the time back in Ottawa, so I had gone home for the day and I was coming back in the evening. Um, and Shannon was like, hey, check this out. And she'd created an app, uh, like a really, really basic app that you can create on like app makers website. And she's like, this is really cool. And Fancies was actually just a part of like the, the Cornwall app, right? So yeah. we began like, cause we were managing these two teams. We had like all these sponsors. So we, we were going into these sponsors and we were showing them like the app on the phone, like the basic version. We were like, would, would you want something like this? Would this be beneficial for you, you know, to not only just sponsor the team, but actually to be able to track your analytics and track your return on investment. Businesses were like very open to it. And they said, we would definitely want something like that. So uh, in December of 2018, we decided to, to go for it and uh, create our business, incorporate, and then create an MVP uh, to actually be able to pilot in our two teams that we were working for. So we were in like a really good position where we were running these two teams so we could easily implement fan saves into these two organizations and be able to test and validate the product. Um, and that's what happened. We, we had a really good pilot with these two organizations uh, and it just spread from there. Now, did you see an, an uptick in sponsorship dollars or was it just an uptick in kind of the, the ability to, to bring sponsors on? Yeah. So Watertown, we saw a huge uptick uh, in sponsorship. Um, what it really allowed, us to do is like uh, add fan saves into these sales packages that were very stagnant, very traditional. And, you know, a lot of businesses don't have the money to put in to buy like a $3,000 sponsorship package to support their local team. But what we found when we had a lot of success was when we added it into like a digital package. So um, sponsors could get things like uh, social media support, their logo and link on our website, uh, you know, some in-game announcements, but they would also get fan saves. So we would sell this at like, you know, a $500 price point. And we found that a lot more businesses were open to that uh, rather than like trying to blow their budget um, on a bigger package that really they had no way of tracking anything. Right, right. Because it was really conceptual when it's just signage or something like that. So yeah, so when when a user uh, actually redeems a deal within the app, uh, it's tracked in a backend dashboard. So the sponsor can log in in real time and they can actually see analytics like, uh, the day and time of the deal redeemed, but also gender, age, and primary location of the user. So they can never like pinpoint the user, but they can actually see those like demographics and pie charts and be able to adjust their marketing strategies accordingly to uh, those types of people that are spending money at their their business. Now, uh, you know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I, my experience in the kind of general either sports or sports management um, kind of um, market um, they, they can still be pretty traditional in some areas, especially when you're talking about kind of smaller places and, and things like that. So, um, how, w- uh, you know, how was it perceived when you went outside of that market where you had the control of the organizations? Is it, was it a tough pitch or how did you have to change what you did to be able to appeal to groups that have maybe done things the same way for, for quite a period of time and an app may seem, may seem very different for them. Yeah. Sports tech, uh, is blowing up right now. Um, you know the ticketing side has changed dramatically uh yeah. but we found the sponsorship side has stayed uh very very stagnant so um something that about shannon and i is we're non-technical co-founders so like we didn't code the app ourselves uh yeah. physically but we had it outsourced 
um, to a couple of different companies that built our MVP and then built our go-to-market product. And, you know, we've spent like most of the last two years uh, in development. So we've been basically doing a lot of piloting for our MVP, but then we did a lot of testing um, with our go-to-market product. And so we've just released our third iteration of the app. And what we've been doing is growing slowly uh, to grow big, right? We didn't want to just spend all kinds of mar- money on marketing, get like tens of thousands of downloads or, you know, get too big before we were ready. Um, so we've really been moving uh, at a good pace, but like being able to build, test, validate and repeat has kind of been our motto to date. So we've had a lot of very great early champions who really see where this is going. We have a lot of teams that are signing on for three-year deals because they anticipate us raising the price once this becomes mainstream. Like that's what people are seeing. Um, But the really big difficulty for us, while we had a lot of interest for teams that want to get on and we're currently at 24 teams, um, there's a trickle-down effect from the major league level. So, you know, major league sports, you're seeing it daily. They're adapting to technology and there's all these crazy new types of technology that can do amazing things. Uh, but there's a trickle down effect to the lower levels, right? You think of like the junior levels, um, the minor professional levels where they don't really have the resources, both financially and human to be, um, you know, really managing like a big in- a piece of innovation, new technology to them. Uh, they're very traditional in their forms of like what they've done has been working and, you know, it's, it's been, always been the way they've been yeah. doing it. So, yeah. you know, and people are resistant to change, right? So it's been tough for us to grind out, to build this foundation yeah. of like smaller teams, to be able to work our way up to the higher level teams um, and really build that credibility and validation. But, um, you know, I think we've spent that two years very strategically. Um, and I think you mentioned it in the intro, um, a, a lot of the things we've done in that time to grow our credibility and grow our network and uh, really prove proof of concept um, you know, we've had some major players uh, in the National Hockey League, for example, the Boston Bruins and other major league teams reaching out to us. So that's a really good sign that we're on the right track and they validated what we're doing. Yeah, and I want to go into that a little bit is, you know, one of the things, and, and this won't matter if you're kind of in your industry or others and, and, and you're trying to kind of do that startup space is you're going to have that kind of change management issue. And, and because in, in almost every one of them, there's going to be some part of your market that has, um, you know, it's going to be more of a change because they maybe are doing things in a traditional manner. And, and for you was a lot of that, you know, did you, did you have to do lots of kind of in face to face stuff? Did you have to kind of, you know, travel? What kind of tactics did you use to start to get through that change management piece, which I know can be a, a struggle for almost every startup. I, I, it's, it's interesting that you say I was talking to a, um, uh, a human resources startup that um, you know, is, is struggling because their concept of, of how, to, um, how to be able to measure something is just different than what people are used to. And, and so they have to teach at the same time as having to sell. And, and maybe can you talk about what, what's worked for you guys and, and maybe what didn't? Yeah, I mean, for for a lot of these small organizations, we've really had to be boots on the ground. Communication was so important. And literally, like some of these organizations, like holding their hand, um, you know, there's some of these organizations who have people in place that have never sold sponsorship before. Um, Some of them are kind of like volunteers that are kind of thrown into that role. So in order for them to actually sell Fansays properly, but to also market it properly, uh, we really had to be hands on 
um, you know, we think like we know that once we start working with these more professional organizations, uh, like colleges and universities, um, like they have like the sales teams, like they have the marketing teams. Uh, but with these lower level teams, it's been really difficult because there are people, like I said, with not a lot of experience in sponsorship or marketing. Um, so we've really had to like go to work on like being boots on the ground and building that foundation, like I said, to get to the higher level, uh, the higher level teams. Yeah, and I, th- I think that's generally how a lot of startups are having to, uh, y- you have to kind of change heart and hearts and minds at the exact same time as you're trying to kind of build and, and sell a, a new product. So, you know, I, I guess going along with that a little bit, I, I will shift it a bit because I know that um, not only have you kind of been developing that market, um, you know, in in kind of lean startup stuff, they tall they often call it a pivot, where you've you've kind of um, done a, a couple of changes in your um, in your kind of customer segment as well. Because I know you've been doing some work with um, chambers of commerce. Um, can you tell us a bit about kind of how that's worked? And it's not kind of that traditional sports market the same way as well. And and what made you kind of think to do that? And and how are you how are you managing where you're going to have kind of two different market segments? like that yeah definitely so we started fancies to solve our own problem in sports sponsorship but quickly we realized how many other verticals have the same problem of not being able to justify roi to their sponsors um we've got some colleges and universities on the platform that are really doing well we like you mentioned we have a chamber of commerce and multiple bias um that are doing really well but then you think of like all the other verticals uh that we've made some inroads with like the esports industry is yeah. in its infancy and you know trying to like promote their sponsors to you know fans is something that they're looking into it's like a massive industry for us um you know events festivals you think of like single athletes influencers um you know there's so many vertical non-for-profits um you know we just close the deal with a hospital uh who has a foundation but they do all these events they do a golf tournament they do a gala yeah. Um, and some other events throughout the year and they go out and they get sponsorship for these events, but it's really hard for them to justify to these sponsors how their money is coming back to them because they have no way of tracking. So you think of like a major league team, we can definitely help, but right down to a small non-for-profit, they have the same problem. So it's really exciting that these verticals have emerged and, um, you know, the three main verticals that we're focused on are sports, uh, colleges and universities and chambers of commerce. Uh, yeah. But all these other verticals are really great too. Like I never knew that there were 450 chambers across Canada alone. So that vertical alone is like enough to keep us busy for a long time. But um, it's a really exciting uh, position to be in to have like a large total adjustable market and so many uh, prospects to be able to reach out to. Yeah, I think that I think that's what's um, interesting about this is what you kind of started out thinking was your niche um, could become very large, and it's really a, a, you know hearing that you've kind of focused on here are my three we're going to kind of you know kill it in these markets first, but it it does show you that window of of how much impact you can have over time, and and I'm sure that helps you with investors as well, knowing that there's uh, you know there's a lot more market to be had at the right point in time yeah i mean uh not too much changed uh like our website we you know made it less sports um you know our our slogan used to be save money just for being a sports fan um but now it's save money for being a fan right anybody can be a fan of anything and that's kind of what our slogan has kind of evolved into that everyone is a fan of something right yeah so um we think of like even like magazines like or 
you know, media publications. Um, you know, a question that I love to, to ask everybody that I talk to is like, uh, to prove the, the point of what we're doing. Uh, and I guess I'll ask yourself, I'll put you on the spot after you put me on the spot with all these questions. <laughs> um, who is your favorite sports team? Any like professional sports team, any league, any division? Yeah, it'd be the, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Perfect. So how many sponsors of the Toronto Maple Leafs can you name? How many? Oh, that is a good one. Uh, well, Scotia Bank, I would assume, but probably, yeah, like I could probably go maybe two, maybe three after that, like just from, you know, what I've seen more, um, you know, aligned with probably hockey. And I don't know if they are actually even specific sponsors of the Leafs. Yeah, and you're you're not alone. Like ninety five percent of people that we've spoken to uh, give the same response and have the same look on their face when we ask them that question. Um, you know, it's a sixty billion dollar industry worldwide sponsorship. Yeah. So um, you know, it's a big problem that people aren't retaining sponsors when they go to events, when they go to sporting events, they're saturated, and then when they leave, they don't care about who is on the boards. They care about what the right. score was and who scored. Um, so we're trying to make these sponsors, whether it be a sports team uh, or whether it be, you know, a sponsor of a university or a member to member discount, we're trying to make them more accessible um, to everybody um, and actually give the, give the sponsors a way to engage the fans or that captive audience that the, they're sponsoring the team. Very cool. Very cool. Okay. Well, you know what? We're going to take, we're going to take a quick break here. Um, when we come back, I, I think we're, um, uh, the nice thing is this filters right into the next bit of questioning. I'm going to go with Chris. We're going to talk a bit about um, what it's like to be an entrepreneur, just kind of his, him personally, what some of those things are. Um, but we're going to lead right into it um, with, I know he has an advisory panel and uh, a lot of startups are, are looking at, you know, should I, or shouldn't I have one of those? And I'm, I'm wondering how much that has, has been benefited uh, Chris and, and his journey up to now. So we're going to ask him about that right after uh, this quick break. So small business owners, HR people, anybody who is really putting together a business that's small to medium size, one of the things that gets held back all the time is not thinking about having to build things right. And all of those basics, the HR basics, the talent basics, they're the non-flashy, non-sexy things, but they need to be in place. Look at all the organizations that have grown too quickly, haven't put those things in place and start to lose their culture, start to lose some of the things that, uh, that you've, you've worked so hard to be able to build. Um, so that's why we have actually put something together. You don't have to have this big kind of technology solution, all of those things. Um, you don't have to hire a whole bunch of people. Um, what you need to be able to do is get some of those basics in place right now. And what we have is uh, a kit we've put together for you to be able to have kind of all of those basics, about um, 20 different things ranging from, you know, how, what does a job posting look like? What kind of process should you have in place to be able to make sure that, that um, you're bringing the right people into your culture? Culture, the employee guide so that you make sure that you solidify that culture all of those things that if you've read the e-myth that Gerber is saying is make sure that you build those in right away also performance appraisal forms all of those kind of basics I know that everybody's gonna to want to bring in the new flashy thing but what we've done is uh, so many of our clients have just said look let's just get something so that I can kind of get that jump start and so what we've done is put something together to be able to help you quantum leap past all of these things and be able to get some customized tools in your hands right away so if that interests you if you want to grow and you want to be able to do it quickly you want to be able to get to the more value add stuff instead of spending
spending tons and tons of hours, and I'm talking hundreds of hours, being able to put together a lot of these kind of basic policies, processes, and procedures, um, you know, give us a shout. And so I'll, I'll tell you, you can email me directly at jamie, J-A-M-I-E, dot allison a-l-l-i-s-o-n at epitome e-p-i-t-o-m-e h-r dot com and i'll make sure that you get the information to you right away okay welcome back everybody um we are talking to chris mccarthy and we're talking about uh fan saves and uh he's done a great job talking a little bit about um what his startup has done and to get to the point that it's at now and how some of his his verticals have shaped over this amount of time and and how they've been able to even even shift some of their branding to make sure that they could uh, um they could be a little more agile and and fit in with kind of those changes that happened over time um one of the things that that uh, I know that uh, Chris uh, has uh, and his team have, have done recently is be able to put together um, a advisory panel, and, and I wanted to ask you a bit about that, Chris. And, and um, first of all, just you know, how did how did you kind of decide to to move forward with that concept, and and what kind of um, you know cross section do you do you kind of look for in putting one of those together if you're a startup out there listening um, and then the last piece would just be what kind of value has come out of it for you as well so I know that's packed a whole bunch in there but if, if you could try to answer some of that that'd be awesome yeah about a couple of years ago my co-founder Shannon and I we had a meeting with a mentor uh, at our accelerator in Invest Ottawa um, and you know he brought up the the point like oh you guys should you know form an advisory board and at the time like I guess we might have heard of the term, but we didn't really even know what that was. So we kind of did our own research and we found like a good template of like how to form your advisory board. And so um, all of our advisors have come super natural, um, like super naturally, sorry. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, you know, like we met our advisors at events, festivals, um, you know, they re reached out to us and we've really, you know, formed a well-rounded advisory board um you know we've got bruce firestone the co-founder of the ottawa senators he's a big champion of ours and uh you know he's big into sponsorship so having a big name um advisor like that it really helps with credibility um we've got another advisor who's actually my aunt but she's like uh the head of like um this the hr for this massive company she does she's a vp for hr for this massive company she flies all around the world to india and denver almost every couple of weeks and so she's been like really valuable for us when we've been you know having to make hr decisions uh for best practices and how to properly do it um we've got another advisor that is a franchise owner of you know a couple pizza pits a couple boston pizza and he's a general manager of staples canada so um you know that gives us like the franchise perspective like the business owner perspective and you can check out the rest of our advisors on fansaves.com to kind of see how we've done it um but we're very proud we've got another advisor that we're going to be announcing this week so we'll have three male three female advisors on our board um who are incredible people and uh we're very proud of like all the support that they've lent us as a board um and the credibility it's given us as a company so yeah, absolutely. And and what what kind of things um you know do you think uh like when when you're getting that group together, do you get them together? I guess would be one thing or do you use them kind of individually? How does how does that work and and do you you know how do you how do you pull the experience out of them? Yeah, so we had a, a Christmas dinner just for our advisors. I think we had 6 out of the 10 that were able to come, but we haven't been able to get them all together. They're, you know, they yeah. live in different cities. It's very difficult. So, we're looking at, you know, jumping on like a Zoom chat together. 
um, you know, just to get everyone to meet each other and uh, things of that sort. I forgot the second part of your question, unfortunately. <laughs> well, it was just, uh, yeah, if you're getting some of the, uh, how do you get them together? And then how do you draw upon their experience? Like at that dinner, is it, is it casual? Is it just kind of, here's what we're, here's what we're doing and kind of opening it up and uh, how, how do you do it yourselves? I mean, there's different ways of being able to do that, whether it's formal or informal. Yeah, so some of them have uh, been more engaged than others. I mean, they all have our, our support, they have our backs, and we can call on them at any time for advice, and they're there for us. Uh, but there are other advisors within our board who have taken uh, on more of a role to be more uh, involved in the day-to-day. -day. But we, yeah. we pride ourselves on doing a good job of like keeping our advisors uh, up to date. So every month we send out an advisor update. Um, you know, with like 10 or 15 things, big things that have happened within the business or, you know, in ways that they can help us or what we're looking for and where we're going kind of thing so that they're always um, engaged and they know what's going on within the business so that, you know, if a lead comes on, they could, uh, comes along, they can introduce us to, or if they have a way that they can help us. It's really helped us avoid making a lot of big mistakes because, any like problem or conflict or you know whatever comes up in the business we know we always have an advisor who's got experience in that subject to be able to give us advice and speak to so um it's been really really helpful in that respect too and avoiding uh helping us avoid make a lot of big mistakes so yeah yeah well the one thing that uh, they often say about kind of being an entrepreneur is uh, it's kind of like riding a bike while you're building it at the same time so um the more the more expertise you can have as you go through there the the easier that would be i guess and um and, and that's how it swings it into I, I i'm gonna ask you a few things just about your own personal experience i think through this chris and and uh and maybe shannon as well has probably talked to you about it um but being an entrepreneur um can be you know can be up lots of times but it can be down lots of times um just tell me a bit about kind of your your ride personally as a as an entrepreneur and and how do you keep yourself kind of engaged and energized through uh through those times yeah, uh, we really like to refer to uh, owning a startup or entrepreneurship as a roller coaster because it's so true in every uh, every facet of the word. I mean, like we've had days where we're just like on top of the world, um, you know, like being chosen to represent Canada on the international stage like three different times uh, in, in Berlin, Boston and Memphis. Like it's been like an incredible opportunity for us and, you know, we're very proud to be able to have done those things and go to those amazing places and experience life uh, as an entrepreneur. But then you also have like your low days. Um, like, like last week we made a couple of changes uh, within our company for HR. And then, um, you know, we didn't get accepted into a big accelerator um, that we'd yeah. worked really hard to get into and um, put a lot of energy into. So this week was like a really tough week for us, like being completely honest and candid here. Like, um, you know, Shannon and I like kind of just, had a couple of days where we were just like, you know, disappointed and let down. And, but, you know, we've worked so hard to get to this point. We're both so motivated. And I think like that's such a benefit of having a co-founder on like those really tough days. You're not alone. At least you've got someone to go through that suck with, um, yeah. with, you know, and like, I can't speak enough about Shannon and how much we've like helped each other, lift each other up on the, the tough days. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, Monday comes, you need to, uh, reshift re your focus and prepare for the work week ahead and we've got a lot of exciting things going on so uh put that put that week in the past and move on and be professional and um you know the show must go on so 
Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, you talked about, I mean, I know one of those difficult things is when you're building the organization, because it is the two of you, it's your vision, it's, it's kind of you doing it. Um, how did you decide kind of which types of, which types of roles you needed or the two of you needed to play? And then also as you're starting to kind of build your team, I know you're kind of early stages of those, but, you know, how did you decide kind of what, um, what to focus on when you're, you're bringing in people to help you? Yeah, for sure. So I'll start with Shannon and myself. Um, you know, she's got 14 years of marketing experience and I've got, you know, seven years of professional hockey under my belt, but also most of those years spent in the front office. So we're able to complement each other's skills really well. Um, you know, she's an incredible, incredible CEO, like in every aspect, she rocks it out. Uh, but we also chose her to be the, the CEO strategically um, because of how unrepresented um, female founders are in, in tech, let alone yep. sports tech. Um, yep. you know, they're, they're very, very rare to find, uh, you know, a co-founder in, in sports tech, let alone a CEO. And, you know, I'm so proud of Shannon cause like she's breaking, um, you know, glass ceilings on a daily, uh, being in this industry and, you know, she's worked in a major company like Bodog where it's like, uh, you know, online sports betting. And, you know, she was, usually the only woman in her office so to see her running a sports tech company as a ceo is incredible it's given us it's opened up so many doors for us uh it's opened up so much funding opportunities for us um and it's really been a, a great strategic move that's paid off um and then as we grow out our team uh we brought we brought development in-house um you know we got someone to take a lot of that day-to-day -day social digital media off our hands um, and it's been able to grow our following on digital. Um, and we also have like, uh, an account manager slash business developed representative who's, uh, got a pedigree from, you know, the NHL. Um, so it's really cool to see them all bought in. Um, you know, it's such an incredible opportunity to join a startup when it's really just starting to take off. Um, so, you know, we, these, these people that we're hiring have an incredible opportunity and they've really taken it and run with it. So it's, it's nice to see. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure that's. Uh, there's. There's kind of two sides to it. Um, from your end, is is you get to see what's happening with your, your concept, and and then also seeing kind of the growth at the back end as well. That's got to be. Uh, it's got to be fulfilling, I think, from your end. Yeah, it feels really great to employ people within fan saves and give them an opportunity. Um, you know most of our hires are out of university and like i think back to like my college university experience where i had no idea what i wanted to do i was just following my hockey career um you know i just believed something would come of that whether i'd work in the front office for a major league team or um you know my my dreams of playing pro kind of went out there playing professionally at the major league level kind of went out the lab, uh, at the door when i was younger and tore my acl but um yeah, no, it's an incredible opportunity, and we're we're very proud to be able to um, give these young, this next generation, uh, you know, opportunities like this. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, going along with that, then, if you were, um, we always ask, I think, people on on our calls that um, uh, if you could give. Uh, two pieces of advice to, and we'll say to people kind of who are who are looking to start a business or who are kind of early stage startups. If you were to give kind of two or three items that they could kind of after they hear this, they could prioritize and go out and do right away. What would you think those couple of things would be from your end, Chris? Easy. Uh, the first one: apply, apply, apply. Um, LinkedIn is an incredible tool. Um, I 
like two years ago, I had 300 connections on LinkedIn and I'm up to like 2,700 now. I've been really doing, I love LinkedIn. I, I just think it's, it's such an amazing tool. Uh, every day I'm, I'm seeing new conferences, new uh, grants. There's speaking opportunities, there's podcasting opportunities, uh, like how you and I are connected and it's just yep. an incredible tool. So, you know, Shannon and I, I don't know if you can see, you can't see behind me, you know, I'm not on a video, but I've got, um, you know, all my badges from all the conferences that we've went to and all the big events. We've been to over like 30 major events in the last like year and a half. Um, yeah. Most of those we pitched at, and, you know, and there's an application a pro process to, uh, to apply, but each one of these like conferences or pitch fests or events, festivals, whatever we've been to really taken something from each one of them, whether that be like a new major connection. Uh, we've found like a handful of our advisors at these events and competitions. Uh, we've won over a hundred thousand dollars in funding through pitching. Um, and it's really built our credibility. If you check out our website, you can see listed all of the events that we've pitched at and our, our top finishes. So um another great thing about that is like it's been able to build our brand without having to dump tons of money into social ads and like you know other traditional forms of marketing shannon and i have been the face of the company and pitching and presenting on these stages in front of hundreds and thousands of people um you know spewing the fancy's brand and telling the world about what we're doing so you know we have people recognize us at an event or whatever and they're like hey we saw you pitch at that event or hey we saw you at that festival and like you know we pride ourselves on showing up um we put like fifty-two thousand kilometers on our car in under a year and just like <laughs> showing up um and applying to everything because you never know like what that can lead to my second biggest thing i would say is be resourceful um when shannon and i first started fan saves we started the company with 76 cents between the two of us and our bank accounts yeah. Um, you know, and really didn't have a great idea of like the venture capital and the investment scene. And, you know, like after the first six to 12 months, we're like, oh, we're going to get investment. We're going to, you know, we're going to grow and all this stuff. And that's not how it works. First of all, <laughs> Second of all um, if you're watching Shark Tank or Dragon's Den, you see these companies give away like 50% of their company for like 100K. We cringe. We're like, oh, my God. Like there are so many resources about, out there available for entrepreneurs let alone female entrepreneurs which is a whole other thing there's such a big push right now for female entrepreneurs and funding and uh, opportunities like i mentioned but um we've been able to accumulate two hundred and fifty-two thousand dollars in funding through government grants government loans pitch fest wins small friends and family rounds so we've really been resourceful with our funding to date which has allowed us to build test validate uh the app like i mentioned through three iterations taking in all the consideration from our stakeholders but be resourceful don't just like chase that investment or take the first like vc firm that comes along there's so many government um you know opportunities out there for you to grow your business so uh be resourceful not just with your funding uh but with everything you do right your advisors be resourceful like you know yeah. ask for their help or you know we have we're part of Invest Ottawa. They're, they've been absolutely incredible to us, uh, providing us with mentorship and opportunities to go to different events and uh, their promotion of us on their social channels and everything else. Um, so getting into an accelerator uh, is like a definite uh, great opportunity, depending on your business. For us, there's a lot of like big sports tech accelerators that we're looking into that can help take us to the next level and put us on that major league level. But yeah, big takeaway, be resourceful for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think that's I think that's great, and 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 I think the idea about looking at you know where the 
where the free money is or where the, you know, the, like the, there are lots of grants out there and, and that opportunity that you have um, with being able to, uh, to have kind of a female CEO, I think that, um, you know, it, it helps in so many ways because it's not just that the, the programs are there because there's not enough of them. And, and so it's fantastic that you guys have made that step and, and, uh, and obviously helps you out as well. So, so that's great. Um, well, uh, you know, thanks, Chris. I, I guess the one thing is, I'll just ask you: you want to let everybody know um, how do they how do they get in touch with you guys, uh, or where do they find the information for fan saves? Yeah, I would love to connect with you on LinkedIn. Uh, you can def- definitely check out our um, our website at fansaves.com, our blog, Living the Startup, um, for more information about what it's like behind the scenes of a startup. Uh, but if you're um, involved in the sports scene, uh, the university scene, and uh, you know we'd love to talk to you and see if we can help your team or organization increase their sponsorship sales. So I really, really appreciate you, Jamie, having me on the podcast. It was a pleasure, and yeah. uh, look forward to hearing it. All right. Well, uh, thanks. Thanks again, Chris. And, and thanks for everybody for listening. Um, if you haven't done it as yet, remember to subscribe. Just hit that button um, and make sure uh, uh, leave us leave us a review. We'd love to, to kind of hear from you from that end as well. Um, if you subscribe, you know that you're going to get uh, first crack at the next one that comes out. And we've got some really awesome guests um, continuing to come up. So again, thank you very much and uh, and work to, uh, uh, to get that kind of uh, life where you, you work better and live better and uh, uh, again we'll see you on the next episode of big idea big moves